0: what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of above the ice and into the numbers it's your boys christian david and julian but today's a little different we're joined by a very special guest frankie iantorno fellow member of the rca sport media program frankie how are you doing today
1: i'm pretty good man i'm pretty good so i'm excited to be here i love you guys you're doing and uh i'm ready to dive into it talk some leaves
0: talk some hockey yeah we're definitely happy to have you here man Noted Leafs fan, like the rest of us. Um, how have you been feeling about them this season? Bit of a rough start, but things have turned around lately. You See, I am I am very very conflicted. Can, can I
1: start by telling something a little personal? The Leafs have won seven. Leafs have won seven of their last eight, and I bought tickets to the one game over their last eight that they lost. So I don't care what they've done. I'm kind of salty about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this entire Leafs discussion. By saying that, I'm I'm am a little mad at them. They just completely against the Kings. They were just horrible. But um, it's it, I'm I'm a, I'm a little conflicted <laughs> over them. They've it's been like a tale of two teams so far this year.
0: You know what, man? I totally sympathize with what you're going through because something similar happened to me during the Toronto Blue Jays season. Um, remember that run where they went like four games where they scored about 50 runs? Like they had like 221 or, or like 11 run games against the Orioles, they had like 40 runs or something. And, uh, yeah, that was that was four nuts. or five game span. Yeah. I went to the next game where they got shut out. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic, right there. That's they had absolutely classic. only three hits. They had, sorry, only three people to get on base, they had more hits. And every other game, more runs than every other game, than they had people on base in the game I saw. <laughs> so, you huh. seeing the 5 1 shelling at the hands of the Kings, I totally understand what you're going through, man. Like, the level of salt I was at was peaking.
1: The Leaf fan in me almost doesn't want to go to games anymore because it's just like, you know what? If, if I don't go and they keep winning, I'll just I'll take it. I'll eat it.
0: Yeah, you're 0 1 minus four. Like, that's a tough night, man. <laughs> it is very tough especially a debut debut on the season. Like you just, yeah, I don't you know kind know. Of want to like, yeah, was- at least be unnoticeable, but that's a pretty, uh, that's a standout performance. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I like, watch it all like, the outside
1: ways. or if I like kind mm. of stand like at the back and like pretend like I'm not watching, it will be better. But, uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. But yeah, all right. Let's get into some actual hockey talk here. Let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs currently on a three game winning streak. Uh, Joseph Wall made his NHL debut last game against the Buffalo Sabers in what was a um, terrifying game. Uh, Julian, give your give your analysis on that game.
2: Um, I don't know if I'm the only one who kind of feels this way, but I almost felt like I was watching a, an exhibition game with the Buffalo Sabers the other night. It was like Keith switches switches up all the lines. You got like different guys playing with different people, and it's just like you know Joseph. Wohl, happy for Joseph Wall. Gladly he got the win, but. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, like you said, David, I think the Leafs have been on a really good run lately, but um, I think the question now is how much longer can they really keep that up? Especially when we almost had to go to overtime with Buffalo, not that Buffalo hasn't been playing terribly, but um, I think overall now it's, it's, we're getting to that close to that December period where they fall apart. So it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, it happens every year. And um like winning goal for what a shot from Riley for his first of the season, but also an incredibly lucky bounce. Like, I don't know how like the hockey gods just pulled the puck in the net on that one. I didn't didn't think physics were even in play there. Like (laughs) Minecraft creative mode or something.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just with that game, especially like Frankie said something personal. So I'm going to go personal here too. So like, we just got like a new TV in the basement. So we had like cousins and my uncle over to watch the game. And, yeah, it was a pretty hectic game to watch. Uh, everyone was kind of freaking out when they tied it at four. But it's Buffalo, especially when you're in Buffalo. You know the games are always going to be like that. You're never going to get an easy win like Leaf Leafs should. But, yeah, it was pretty exciting when Riley scored at the end there. I kind of didn't want to go to overtime. That seems like a game that you don't want to bring to overtime. So they got the win. It wasn't pretty. But now three games in a row, like you said, what, seven of the last eight? So, yeah, and Florida's losing some games recently too. So we're making up ground on them. So, uh, yeah, Leafs doing pretty well.
1: I, don't well, I mean, anything. I think. Sorry, I just wanted just want to give yeah. uh, David David Camp some some credit there. I think he scored oh. a goal of the year, maybe. It's uh, <laughs> an absolute beauty on that first one.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for real. I, he he drew that play up really well.
1: Yeah, that's stuff def- that's definitely exactly what he
0: intended to do. If you're Arundel, that's got to be the worst feeling ever. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> just like, like, where'd it go? Oh, oh, it's in it's in the back of That's cool. <laughs> um Christian, I was gonna say you you emphasize like, oh, it's in Buffalo, it's in Buffalo, but like really that that's kind of a home game as well at this point, you know?
3: It is, but it seems to always work like that. Maybe like the players get pumped up when they see the whole arena's filled with Leaf fans. I mean, definitely wasn't as full as it usually is. I mean, COVID probably plays a factor into that, but there were still definitely at least the same amount of Leaf fans as Sabres fans, which is One never sec. fun for the home team.
0: Especially post Eichel trade, like not even with just Leafs games, with pretty much every game for the rest of the season. What percentage of the fans that go to Sabres games do you think are actually going to be Sabres fans? Yeah, and it's sad because no Buffalo, like they have a pretty decent fan base, at least they've kind of been through a lot now. What is it like? De- no, that's what I'm saying. I don't blame them. Yeah, just for so- not, just don't just waste your money on that.
3: Yeah. What is that? Twelve years now without a playoff appearance. So, uh, yeah, especially now. Yeah. The Eichel trade. There's not really much hope for the franchise. I mean, they have some young players that are coming up and doing pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, Dowling looked good, but still,
1: Alex Tuck and going to lead them out of of the trenches. Hometown boy.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's just going to be hard for Buffalo. Like you, I almost want to say like, how long is it going to take until they actually get to a point where they can be contenders? Like Chris, you just mentioned like twelve years. Like nothing. Let's, it could be another
0: five. Like, let's be real, right? Another five? Dude, there are three goalies that they have. They've played 14 games this year. They've had a lot of time to use an NHL-caliber goalie. They've used Aaron Dell, Dustin Tokarski, and Craig Anderson. <laughs> what a trio. And I think – I already know how I, Ugo I thought Pekaluka thought three of them is were doing in still the, the NHL. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like yeah. no, no real disrespect to Craig Anderson. He's had a great career, but he's also like pushing forty. You know, it's just not the ideal. Goal. And yeah, and uh, Uko Pekalukin and their once highly touted goaltending prospect, and it has an eight ninety one in the AHL. I don't see Buffalo going anywhere for a very long time. No.
1: You know, you know, um, Buffalo kind of reminds me of a little bit. Um, especially with, with those goalies you mentioned I don't know if you guys are wrestling fans But I'm, I'm a WWE fan And every once in a while They just have like An old wrestler that you haven't seen for a while Just come out and everyone go crazy And then he'd leave You know, he, he'd look old But he was just there for the fans It kind of reminds you of that It's like all of a sudden It's just a random game It's Craig Anderson It's Dustin Tokarski It's like <laughs> these guys you haven't heard of For a long time just, just coming back You know, it's fun for the fans But you know, they they really shouldn't be on the ice anymore well, Yeah,
2: Frankie, I am a wrestling Craig fan. That's Anderson's music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, F- Frankie, I am a wrestling fan, so I can't relate to you on that note where it's like Stone Cold just comes back after, like, three years. <laughs> oh, my God, the ratings are going to pop back up again.
1: Yeah, uh, he's he's, 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 eight, he's eight surgeries deep, but, you know, it's still Stone Cold.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh, vintage Jakarski. That, that, that's what people want to see. That, that's what they actually want to see in Buffalo. Yeah stadiums <laughs> um, yeah but it, it is really no surprise to me that the sabers are in the condition that they're in they had that hot start to the season i wouldn't be surprised if they continue to maybe flirt with being above 500 for the next couple weeks that's kind of what they do and then they fall apart um but i want to move on to a team that has been a surprise to start the season that's the anaheim ducks yes. with current um top five player in the league troy terry on a 14 game point streak and John Gibson playing lights out. Uh, they're getting some pretty decent contributions from people like Trevor Zegras and um, Jimmy Drysdale. Just like a lot, a lot of young, hopeful players on this team, especially in that forward group. How do you guys feel about the Anaheim Ducks? Kind of exciting right now for them. It's been a while since they've uh, been somewhat competitive in the NHL.
2: Yeah, I think uh, that that's the key right there, David. I think it's just nice to see that the Anaheim Ducks are going to once again be competitive, and I think especially with the Pacific Division, like the the narrative going into the season was like, oh, that that Pacific Division, it's so easier, or, or you know, it's going to be easy for Edmonton and all this kind of stuff. And it's just nice to see that Anaheim could be, you know, a team that makes the Pacific Division a bit more difficult, especially with Calgary playing a bit better than we thought they were going to as well. So, um, yeah, I- I'm happy for the Anaheim Ducks.
3: Yeah, the thing with Anaheim is a lot of their players are playing at their peak, like Getzlav and uh, even players like Shaddenkirk, Like, will they keep this up the whole season? Probably not. And if that's the case, if their offense falls off, then it's going to be the same thing that they've had like for the last five seasons, where if Gibson plays good, they win; if Gibson plays bad, they lose. So, yeah, if their offense, if their offense can keep up, then maybe they have a chance to make some noise.
1: Yeah, well, I, definitely- think, I think you said it right. So sorry Dave. I I think Chris said it right ahead. there. I just wanted to build off. I just wanted to build off something you said there. Um is that do do we really think they're gonna continue this all season? Probably not. Like I don't think that Troy Terry is gonna is gonna lead the league in points. I don't think he's gonna go on a seven game points streak. I mean you never know, but uh I I highly doubt it. Um but here's the thing with them that is that they are they're they're not underrated, but they're they have no expectations, basically, coming to the season because some of their guys are either too old, like Getzlaff or like you said, Shaddenkirk or even Gibson was 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 considered a little, a little washed after uh, after last year, where he wasn't wasn't quite as good as he was in previous years. And then you have some young guys too. You know, people really weren't expecting them to be uh, be this good right away, like Zegris and, and Drysdale. So I feel like because of that, they have no expectations, and that makes them a very scary team come playoff time. If they can get to the playoffs, I think they will. Um, you know they have nothing, no expect. They're the opposite of the Leafs. No expectations, nothing to hold them back. It's just them. They're gonna, they're gonna be loose. They're gonna be loose. They're gonna have fun on the ice, and I think that's just, that makes for a scary team come playoff time.
0: The uh, last time the Anaheim Ducks had a winning record was the 2017-18 season. They had one hundred and one points, finished second in their division. Very next year, they dropped down to eighty points, sixth in their division. Um, it's been a, it feels like. At least for me, it feels like the Ducks had the sharpest decline out of the California teams. Um, like, the Sharks have hit new lows when it comes to contracts. But, I mean, consistently over the past couple of years, I feel like the Ducks have just been worse uh, as a team, maybe not in terms of uh, prospects. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're seeing contributions from from their young players now, like I said. But Trevor Zegers, like, he has eight points so far this season. Um, But he's really been spotty in his scoring. He has a lot of multi-point games. And a guy like Maxime Comtois with 33 points in 55 games last season, he's only got one assist in 13 games here. So while there are players who are off to very hot starts, they still have um, players on this team who are key role players on a a bad Ducks team last season who have yet to come alive. So honestly, if they can keep up a consistent batch of scoring, um, they kind of remind me of the Minnesota Wild in a way where – they don't have the blue line that the wild do. Don't get me wrong, but they have uh, a couple weapons up front. They play a mostly defensive style game, rely heavily on getting big saves from their goaltender. If they can just keep up consistent depth scoring, like the wild were able to last year with breakup performances from like Marcus Felino, I could see them pushing for a playoff spot in a Pacific division. That isn't the strongest. Although the biggest golden Knights have, um, I think one, like six of the last seven and Mark Stone is also top 10 in scoring on their team after three games. He yeah. Vegas <laughs> Be-
3: Vegas was the team I wanted to talk about because ever since the Eichel trade, I think they're five and one. And mm-hmm. everyone was saying that they need to like stay 500 until they get all their players back. But they're doing even better than that. So yeah, Vegas looks like they've kind of survived this like really bad injury like area. And now if they're Help starting to get the yeah, on the way. Yeah. hope's on the way. Exactly. And then Eichel's on the way too after the Olympics or whatever. So yeah, Vegas is yeah. dangerous as ever.
2: It's gonna be crazy. I,
1: I, yeah, I like don't. Patrendero I don't think. I don't think anyone actually. Yeah, Petrangelo well, had a rough start. I'm I don't think anyone gonna, actually took there. Always going to
0: give you the green light whenever we talk over each other. Me, you always you know get what, the green me, light.
1: Me, me and me and Dave. I think we just want to say the same things at the same time. Uh, maybe we're <laughs> the same person. So we swap each other. I
3: know. I love it. I love it. This is what it's like when you have I'm, four I'm, people talking on Zoom.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: For real. Dave, to Dave's never gonna invite me back
1: to the show. Wait till <laughs> we get the studio. Gonna, gonna man. Back. I can't wait for that. That'll that'll be great. Um but yeah, I was, I was gonna say I don't think anyone took Vegas's slow start like seriously. Like I don't think anyone's really concerned about it because they're like, Okay, like we'll be fine. And I think now they're starting to show that, yeah, they're fine. So uh, you know, Petrangelo is, is starting to turn things around and They're going to start getting some of their players back and come on, let's be real here. They're going to be fine. They're going to be a a wagon in the playoffs. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, them in the Stanley cup and the conference finals. I think that's just what, what they do uh, since literally their inception. And uh, yeah, I, I think that they're going to be, don't, don't take their slow start seriously. Let's be real here. That's an overreaction. Yeah.
3: And just one one more thing on Vegas. People gotta stop sleeping on my boy Chandler Stevenson. 15 points yeah. and 15 games. Everyone always says, oh, Vegas centers are terrible. They have no centers. I don't know. Stevens is pretty good. I mean, he's not a first-line center, but with Eichel coming in, he's a solid two um, C.
0: I agree. With with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, he's, he's been a first-line center. Like he's just been good enough. They 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 made the conference finals last year with him as their first line center. 35 yeah. points in 51 games last year. Like, it's when you have such talented wingers, it, it, they can just carry somebody if he if can just skate with them. But honestly, like, getting Eichel, they upgrade right at the top, and then they immediately have a, a center combination of Eichel, Carlson, and Stevenson. Like, that becomes a strength on the team from a, a very notable weakness, just yeah. improving at the top. But I think the next thing that we wanted to touch upon was the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. A team that is off to one of the worst starts they've had in quite a while. Um, I want to point out two players in particular, um, Elise Pedersen and Brock Besser. They're currently on the third line, and they have not been producing at the rate that they've been expected to. And it feels like for the past season and a little bit, um, Elise Pedersen hasn't exactly produced at the level he's expected to. What are your guys' uh, thoughts on that, Then,
2: I think – well, it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that, right, Pedersen's playing on the third line. And I don't know if it's, you know, from a coaching standpoint, do we need to to give these guys more minutes or do we need to to fix the lines do we need to change things up? Is it that goalie tandem? I'm not really sure. But, um, you know, you even look at guys like JT Miller and how great he's playing. I kind of want to hope that Vancouver can turn it around here, but at the same time, I think if they kind of, especially with like Pedersen, I really, I want him to do well, especially with now deciding signing a new contract. I really, I really want him to do well, but at the same time, how can you do that if you're playing on the third line?
0: Yeah. Uh, a big part of uh, this team's struggles last season was their blue line. I mean, we pointed out how Nate Schmidt, Tyler Myers, Quinn Hughes were the top three players in the league for um, high danger scoring chances against. Like when you have half your blue line as the three worst players in the league or giving up the highest quality chances against, you're not going to have a lot of success. I know Quinn Hughes is an incredibly talented offensive defenseman, unreal power play quarterback, one of the best skaters in the league, let alone defenseman. Um, but doesn't defend
3: don't, don't worry like he has 12 secondary assists he doesn't need to defend
0: true true all those secondary assists really really make up for for the complete lack of presence he has in his own zone like the, it feels like this team just isn't constructed to be where they expected they were gonna be at by now um and they've made some like somewhat it, it's I don't know. I feel like Jim is has always making a bag of moves. He gets Connor Garland, but he also gets Oliver Ekman-Larsson, who has shown no signs of improvement on the Canucks after declining for the past three seasons on the Coyotes. Like, where does this team go from here? What kind of moves could they make? And, and what I know it's early in the season. Don't get me wrong; they they could turn it around. But if this keeps up, do you do you start to sell some pieces? you kind of just hold out till next year like what do you do if you're jim benning other than possibly uh fear for your job resign
1: <laughs> yeah <was> a, <laughs> he sucks. What a lot of fans want um but you know what like it's it's tough because really when you look at their forward group they're not a bad team like they have some pretty decent talent up top and that's why i think it's so surprising that guys like Peterson and Best just aren't contributing, especially five on five. Patterson's invisible half the time, um, and I think that puts you in this weird situation where, what do you do when you have talent and they're not perform- they're not performing to the level that they're expected to perform at? Do you sell them? Do you give up on them? Or do you try to build around them? Um, I think that there's very few GMs in the league that just will give up on a talent like Peterson. I think that they're 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 gonna they're gonna stick with them, um, and I think that they need to build maybe. I don't. I don't want to sound too much like uh like an old school hockey guy here, but I think I think they need some character guys around him. Like I think they need you know a like, guy like Zach. Like, look what Zach Hyman's doing in Edmonton. Look what yeah. Michael Bunting's doing doing in Toronto. I think you know you. Yes, there's guys on the team that are more talented, but I think sometimes these guys just need some some glasses to drag, drag them out of the mud. Like again, like an anaz Kadri type guy. Um, look, look at Paul, Paul Mary on the Islanders. They're, they're, those guys. Those are the kind of guys the Islanders are just filled with those guys. Talk about a dream, uh, a dream trade partner, right there. But those guys that, when you know things aren't going your going your way, they kind of just drag you out of the mud. And I feel like though that's the next step because I just, I just don't think they're going to give up on um, a talent like Pedersen or, or Besser.
0: Uh, Quinn Hughes is currently tied for eighth in the league for high danger chances against, and that's not eighth least; that's eighth most. But what I, what's surprising to me here, or not very surprising, but just a little jarring to see is. At the number six spot and number four spot are TJ Brody and Morgan Riley. Yeah, and then let's, at, let's the, just that. Let's, let's at the three spot that. and two spot are Petrangelo and Theodore. So, some big name defensemen are yeah. at the top of this list. I'm really struggling this year. Darnell Nurse at number 11. That contract looks great. Yay. That's yeah. The blue line <laughs> is so great. That's the thing, though. Um, because we've really focused on the Pacific division this episode. It's like the Golden Knights, believe me, they'll finish at the top. But I feel like that 2-3-4 spot and that wild card are really, really up in the air because the Kings have gotten points in eight straight games. The Flames started off fantastic, but have really cooled off. The Ducks, we don't really know. I mean, they'll probably fall off, but they could be a surprise team this year. It's really a division that's very up in the air. Um, do you guys think? it leans towards more of the central division getting five tough spots, or could it actually be a, a really weird first round that we see in the playoffs this year, at least in the West?
2: Well, I do think I agree with you how there's a lot of uncertainty with that Pacific division. However, I'm going to lean towards the central division getting a fifth spot because I think Colorado will get out of whatever they are struggling with um, to, to put five spots in the central. And I do agree that I don't, you know, can Calgary? Can Anaheim? Like that's all the things that we're gonna have and especially come like the winter months, like December and January, you usually see a lot of these teams just not do as well as they started out with. So, yeah, I think I think we'll probably see five in the Central.
0: The um wild card situation currently, I know it's very early to look at this. Um, the Pacific does have one team, and it's the Vegas Golden Knights. But the the LA Kings are tied with the Blues for the second place spot. It's just that they have one more game played and one more loss. What holds them back? Pretty interesting to see uh, how this is shaping up so far. I mean, you also have a lot of crazy things going on there in the early part of the season. The Detroit Red Wings are third in their division.
2: Like what? <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. Although Lucas Raymond, like I said, I'm going to do this every episode. Him and Marit Sider have still been good. A little update <laughs> on the Detroit Red Wings, who I'm slowly becoming more and more a fan of. As uh, as I. Just despise watching the Maple They're, they're still good. They haven't fallen off
1: yet.
3: <laughs> um, one, Not one yet. Team, one team I wanted to bring up Not here yet. near the end of the episode here is Pittsburgh. Uh, they haven't had the greatest start to the season. They're five, five, and four. They've kind of been carried by overtime losses, making their record look a little bit better than it is. But yeah, they just came off a six-one loss to Washington after a six-three loss to Ottawa. Should we be worried about Pittsburgh, or do we think when they get Crosby back and eventually kind of stable up the ship, they'll be fine?
0: Um, they had Sidney Crosby back. Yeah, I think I, these. I think these two games, um, Crosby's been a minus four. I think this is just proof he's done. He's fallen off. Crosby, just not the player he was. Uh, clearly, these two games are evidence that his, his career is done. Man, I don't know if this guy's got it anymore. Uh, yeah, three, three. You guys agree? Three, three teams.
1: <laughs> <laughs> three. I just want to say three, three teams here. Pittsburgh, Boston, Washington. I don't know how every year I'm told that these three teams. Oh, they've fallen off. Oh, this is the year they fall off, and they're always in the playoffs, and they're always pretty good in the playoffs. You know, yeah. even if they're out first round, it's always against each other. It's always a seven game series. I refuse to believe that either one of those three teams have fallen off until I see it for myself. So as of right now, I'm still riding with Pittsburgh. I still think they'll you figure know. it out. They're a veteran team.
0: They they, they they'll be they'll be fine. Honestly, I agree with Frankie here. If history history repeats itself, man, if there's one thing I've learned from the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's if they're out in January, they're not yeah. out in February. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. they always find it a way find a way to turn around. I mean, and there are some promising performances if you look at the numbers on this team. Kristen Jari has been serviceable. He's got a 9-18 in 11 games. Evan Rodriguez, an inflated ice time, currently leads the team in points. He's got 11 and 14. Jake Gensel's been doing his thing. It's very capping and up. Like with Crosby back, once they get these players healthy, Chris letang has been a beast since returning. Yeah. Once they get to full strength, I am I honestly won't be surprised if they're just right back to competing for a playoff spot. Just like Frankie said, that's what this team does. That's what Sidney Crosby Definitely. does.
1: Might might, might have just add Leafs legend, Evan Rodriguez? Will we get out of the
0: first round, though? Probably not. <laughs> Leafs legend.
1: <laughs> Leafs 11, Evan Rodriguez.
3: Yeah. Another thing, uh, we gotta continue to Julian apology tour. I think just dry Dreisaitl continuing to prove that yeah. maybe he is the best player in this league. Who knows? Uh, he has 31 points in 14 games. Yeah. That sounds fake. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Julian, you can just uh, flex on us, I guess, to how you were right. Go ahead. I
2: mean, <laughs> two years ago when I made that claim, like I was, I, to be honest with you, I was just gonna. I kind of just want to see what you guys were gonna think if I said that, but. Uh, Currently, (laughs) I just, I don't don't know. I think, you know, it is interesting, David, though, what you brought up last episode, and that is, is Dreisaitl as good as he is on a different team?
0: And the thing is, my argument used to be like, he'd only get like 80 to 90 points. That's still good. (laughs) That's still really good. (laughs) That's still 90 points. Yeah. (sighs) So let's see, if, I'm, let's not, see he I'm, in the I'm done arguing about dry style. Yeah, let's see what he does in the playoffs. Yeah, at, at least like, regular season-wise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. He can run it up in the regular season all he wants. <laughs> Although, um <laughs> let's see what he does in the playoffs. I will argue he's been better than McDavid in the playoffs. Yeah. Like yes. I I he may have more points than McDavid right now. There's no argument to be made that he's been better than McDavid in the playoffs. I think you could argue that he has been better. If you watch the Oilers, he's, he's actually made more of an impact been more of a clutch scorer for them. Yeah. In the playoffs. Because McDavid just hit 600 points in, what, the, the fifth-fewest games, the sixth-fewest games? So yeah.
2: Like, it was crazy. He was like... Yeah.
0: Insane. 421 games it took him.
2: Yeah. yeah, That's ridiculous. The, the
3: funny thing is he'll hit 700 before the season's over, probably.
2: probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he can do it Fastest player. He, he could do it it's it, it is possible
2: yeah
0: yeah I, I count after last year
3: I've, I've learned never doubt mcdavid in the regular season we all sat, sat here last year and said there's no way he gets 100 points and then he just blew by that so uh
0: yeah well yeah. i no, no, no. actually to be fair you guys both said he would hit 100 points i was oh, we okay. being yeah i was i was just trying to be different being like he's gonna hit 95 and he's gonna slow down but no, nah, I, sure. honestly, sure I believe, name, yeah, I believe, you're,
1: you're, you're, just, you're just joking.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, no, you, I don't know. You can go back to the episode. He, I even <laughs> said he's probably going to hit a hundred. I just want to be different.
2: <laughs> uh, I
0: don't, I, I, I can't doubt anything that this man does. And like we bring up the point of, of regular season players are going to make big regular season um points. Like Mitch Marner has pretty much been like two points a game in his past six or seven games. Yeah. I that's just what they do. Um, But if we if we want to touch on one final thing, um, William Nylander, 15 <laughs> points in 16 games this season, was pretty much benched in the third period of last game. And it looks like he might be getting benched again or getting a, a little bit of a more uh, tight leash on the next game. How do you guys feel about that?
3: Um, I wouldn't be too worried about that. I mean, uh, we've seen in the past, especially with Keith as the coach, type of player where we all love him, but he's going to have those games where you kind of just need to, like, focus him in a bit more. So maybe last game was just that, and in this game, I wouldn't say when you're getting demoted from Matthew's line to Tavares' line, is that really getting demoted? I mean, you're getting demoted, yeah. but it's still a good line either way. So if he continues to play out however he did in the past, like 10 games before last game, I'm sure he'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I just, I just, I just want every leaf to be held to that same standard that Nealander is, and I don't think they all are. We saw Marner have a couple bad games, and I, you know, I, I didn't see him getting benched at the end of the season very often. I just think that the team as a whole, Nealander is just the the team's go to scapegoat, and I don't like it. If we're being honest, I don't like it. I feel for my guy Willie. Let him play through some of his struggles, like you would with every other player on the team. I completely you do You're
0: talking to the to the biggest William Nylander e. sympathizers on the internet. Yeah, don't worry. yeah. <laughs> That's why I was invited.
2: Sure. I still remember when like everyone exactly. was just like I still remember when everybody was like praising Willie, and we were just here like, oh my god, we've been saying this for so okay, long. Finally, finally, Boat
0: done. Um, all it, right.
3: It was some dark times at the beginning of the 2018 19 season, but we made it through. We're
0: all. <laughs> yeah, there was some there were some things said about John Tavares and his and his child. The dark times. We don't bring those back. We don't bring those back. Oh man. Um we're running out of time here. Frankie, thank you so much for coming on, man. You brought uh such a fun energy to the show today. Always thanks, thanks for having it. me on, boys. David, I'm sorry for always cutting you off. Uh we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully <laughs> invited no, about, no, no, we'll invite no. it again we'll figure out our flow a little better. You always get that green light. You always get that green light. Um thank you everybody it. for listening to another episode of Above the Ice into the Numbers. Um we'll uh we'll be back next week. Take care, everyone.